Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Meredith Bratland, a writer and a traveler who has also turned her curiosity about people from elsewhere into a podcast called Migration Patterns. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Seen and Heard in Edmonton is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB, and you'll hear more about that later in the show, along with a message about our other sponsor, the Edmonton Community Foundation. So, Meredith, tell me first how you describe migration patterns. Uh, I describe migration patterns as a interview podcast um, where I interview uh, Canadian immigrants and new Canadians, and we talk about um, where they came from and their their homeland and their culture, and how they came to Canada and the things they've experienced when they have come here. Yeah, and I, I try to find um, people with special skills um, to highlight all the the wonderful things that immigrants bring to our country. So is that the mission is to demonstrate to people that immigration makes Canada stronger? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But in not a super overt way, uh, when I started it and I kind of did all the planning for it, I didn't want it to be like overtly political because that makes me nervous. And I find that it's hard to connect with it. Uh, I think, well, that's, that's my aim, that people eventually feel that after listening to the stories of the people that I interview. Um, do your guests know that? Or are they having just having a nice conversation with somebody who's really curious about their life? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would make people maybe nervous to say that, oh, this is my end goal, because really it's, it's the personal over the political. And yeah. it's not anyone individual guest who's supposed to carry the mantle for immigrants they get the job done kind of right yeah it's it's more it's more the collective voice of everybody you have on your show yeah that that accomplishes that mission yes yeah so you also have a a blog at curiousmeredith.com and you you have and you're a writer and you have a writing background so why would you choose a podcast as a way to do this rather than just writing up these interviews i kind of got bored writing and uh i started listening to a lot of podcasts about a year and a half ago and i thought that the writing it was clear that writing is very involved with podcasts and it's really not ad hoc and to have a really polished podcast uh, takes a lot of work and planning. So I did some research into that about radio narrative and and then I just jumped into it. I went to Best Buy and I bought a microphone one day and said, this is happening. Like I can't just <laughs> keep thinking about it. And uh, so it, it took a year though to from start to finish to get migration patterns the first season finished. Yeah. So what what was involved in that year? Some part of it was like buying the equipment and everything. What what takes a long time for you? Uh, the concept and putting it together of what I wanted because I wanted it to be pretty focused in order to have longevity. So I did a lot of uh, yeah, sounds really jargony, but like strategic thinking about it and planning of like who my audience who I envisioned my audience would be and who I wanted to interview and and what kind of questions. And then I looked into the audio and getting equipment and I kept it pretty simple and I'm, I'm doing it on my 
10-year-old MacBook. Good. I think it's like GarageBand number two. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I just got um, a Snowball microphone from Best Buy. And then I did a lot of reading online about audio. And that was the hardest. That took me a very long time to play around and figure out what was going on there. And part of that is you are editing your show. And I mean, you're not you're not making like CBC documentaries on your show, but you are um, condensing quite a bit, I think. And uh, you'll break in and say, I asked her about this and, and you'll kind of create some transitions, right? So it's not just cut off the throat clearing at the end and stop it at the end and put the music on and send it out into the world. No. No. It's really far from that, I yeah. think. Um, and most of the podcasts that I listened to and then the research that I did, um, they were heavily edited. And mm-hmm. I liked that because it gave a chance for some uh, research and context and that sort of thing and part of the story, um, like the flowing narrative. I really like that. And that's probably where the writing stuff comes in for me. Yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, when I edit one, I have about 60 minutes of tape and then I listen to it all the way straight through and I write notes about, okay, these are the spots that I think that connected with me and stuck with me even after I did the interview. And then I try to piece them together and I don't do too much moving around of section by section because then that would be weird, I think, with the sound quality and change things. But I do definitely cut things out and then that's where I put my transitions in and then write the script for those transitions and then add all the music and that sort of thing. So at the end, my goal is 30 minutes. Sometimes it's a little longer in my first season just because, I mean, it's hard to cut 60 minutes of tape. Or, well, it is. 30 minutes from 60. Yeah. 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 But I, th- I think that's a good exercise. And it gives the guests a thing, uh, like if they're having a really honest moment with me and then later they, I always say, you can let me know if you want something cut. Because, yeah, I don't know. Those moments can happen. Yeah, And so if they said, oh, yeah, uh, maybe that makes me kind of uncomfortable, I can do that. But most of your cutting, I would guess, would be for your own editorial judgment. Yeah. 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 And then I kind of went through, I went down this rabbit hole of, because my background isn't in journalism, um, of like ethics of, like, I believe that everybody's experience is valid, but then like, I thought, what about the research behind it? What if someone has experienced something that's different than the historical narrative? How do I branch that and explain that? And um, Or if like when t- maybe an interview is super interesting, but it's better that it stays anonymous. Mm. And with immigration, that yeah. kind of stuff can yeah. happen. Yeah, so I, I did a lot of research into that too. And right. I haven't had that moment come up yet. I've had a couple conversations where it could have, and I think that that kind of scares people off sometimes, but I, I want to be upfront that that's what I would feel like, like comfortable doing if someone wanted to be anonymous, right? Right. So how do you find your guests? I just put a call out on the internet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been um, pretty open. Um, like when I started, I created a Google form and told some friends, and then I put it out on Twitter, and that's when you picked it up for me right. <laughs> and retweeted it, and I found uh, some people that I had never met before to uh, be interviewed, and that was super. 
and also nerve wracking. <laughs> but it was fun in the end. It was like, so I interviewed at the public library because I thought that that was a nice neutral space for those conversations to happen. So they were like, oh, I'm not going to a stranger's home. And yeah. th- that's kind of weird. So that's what I did for the first season. And now I kind of have, some people are recommending who listen. They'd say, oh, Meredith, you should interview this person. And I sort of have to track them down. And I've found that when like friends and family say, hey, friend, your story is great. I would love to hear it on this podcast. Then they're much more likely to sign up than just like a cold call. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, do you anticipate as you go into your second season and beyond wanting to make sure you have geographical diversity? Like is it, like that kind of happened by, um, I don't know, did it happen by accident or on purpose with your first season? I'd say by accident. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a really happy accident. I yeah. was really lucky. Because I know you had someone from Ukraine, someone from uh, Chile. Nigeria. Nigeria and... Now we'll have to look oh, back. Australia. Australia. So like four continents. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And then this time with um, some of the interviews I have coming up for the second season, I have Vietnam, uh, India, Mexico. Good. Yeah. Pretty spread out. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> so far. I'm still looking for interviews, so... <laughs> Okay, well, if you're listening and you yeah. <laughs> um, are a recent immigrant or, or a new Canadian, right? Yeah. Um, hit her up and we'll let you know at the end how to do that. How do you prepare for a show then once you've got your guest? Um, they in the fo- I have a form where I get kind of their email and so I know how to contact them. And then I ask them sort of the story or special skill that they have um, or what they would like to talk about. And the question so far hasn't been so limiting and someone will just kind of write about their experience. And that gives me a lot of context to look into the history. And then I, I look at their answer and start at Wikipedia and work my way through. I just use like Wikipedia as the basic and right. then um, I'll hone in on on what where I think the interview might you might go from their response and then do some deeper research there. I never head into an interview cold because <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> 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 I when I do you find that um, I mean you're talking to somebody from a country from Kenya or or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, but their real experience is like in their city or in their town, right? It would be like, Meredith, tell us about Canada. That would be mm-hmm. a hard question to answer. Do are mm-hmm. you like? Do you think about that when you're formulating your questions? Yeah, but it depends if they told me where they're from. Mm. So I will put a question in there. Um, so I usually I make about five questions, the big ones that I want to ask, just to be the basis of the 60-minute interview. And then stuff comes up naturally. Right. from there of what their answers are. So if there's like this, usually where they grew up comes up. My first question most of the time is, what do you think of when you think of home? Oh, I love that question. I know it gets a lot of responses and right off the get-go, they're like in it. Yeah, yeah, all the way back. Mm-hmm. And then cool. that from there, it's easy to build from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and then you're starting with, their experience of home instead of your preconception of their home. And and that's what it's all about. 
Yeah. yeah. And mm. I didn't want the podcast to be what their experience in Canada was. Like, I don't want to hear about, oh, this is so weird and goofy. This was awkward for me. I want to know about their culture because I think that that's where the the strength of diversity comes. Yeah. Although it'll come up, right? Like when you talk to Yulia from yeah. from U- Ukraine and she's talking about like, why does it cost so much money to, dry, to fly to Toronto? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was such a fun interview. Yeah. Yeah. You guys had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was was really good. So this extensive editing process that you go through, like, do you know how long that takes? At the beginning, it took about four hours. Yeah. An episode. And now you've got a a bit more of a system. (laughs) Yeah. I think I should have shaved it down to three hours. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'll come. um, Yeah. I don't know, like listening through the whole 60 minutes of tape, that's part of that three hours, yes. right? So I guess it's two hours editing and then one hour of like in-depth listening and planning and writing notes at the same time. Mm-hmm. But that's how the radio guys do it. It's really mm-hmm. admirable that you're yeah. doing it like that. Yeah. I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I think I high standards. Because yeah. you, you, hear you hear the show that you want to do in your head. Yeah. And even if your experience is not to the point where you can make the show exactly how you have it in your head, you want to get there. Yeah. 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 Um, the the podcast that really kicked off me wanting to do this was uh, Death, Sex, and Money with mm-hmm. Anna Sale. Mm-hmm. I love her interview style. Um, and I feel like it's a very intimate show. And then with these stories of, of the immigrants, that was my main thing, that people are often alone. And so they have their earphones in when they're listening to a podcast alone. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it's a really contemplative space. It's a safe space and it gives room for people to think about things maybe in a different way. Yeah. And so I thought that immigrant stories and the podcast form meshed really well. And there was a big opportunity there. I love the way you think about this stuff. Uh, I have more questions for you, but <laughs> okay. uh, let's take a break for a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation, which acts as a bridge between donors and charities to help create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. The Edmonton Community Foundation produces a wonderful monthly podcast called The Well-Endowed Podcast, called that because the foundation helps donors set up endowment funds to support good works in our community. The November episode of the podcast features three really great stories about what it means to be Canadian. We hear writer Omar Mualam talk about the meaning of homeland and uh, in in conjunction with his contribution to the high-level lit anthology. We hear Connor Kerr talk about the blanket exercise and how it connects settlers to Indigenous history. And we hear Eric Abdman of the Mennonite Center for Newcomers discuss how to make Edmonton a more welcoming place. You can find this episode and much more at thewellendowedpodcast.com. The podcast is also available in Apple Podcasts and on Google Play, and it is an affiliated member of the Alberta Podcast Network, so you can find it at albertapodcastnetwork.com. All right, we're back with Meredith. So what's been the most challenging part of doing your podcast so far, do you think? 
finding interviews mm. and um, the space, finding recording space. Yeah, we have to increase the number of places that are affordable that people can go to record because your kitchen table is just not an option a lot of the time, especially mm-hmm. when you're interviewing somebody you've never met before. It's weird for them, right? Yes, I think so. I lucked out with um, Yulia. Mm-hmm. I interviewed her at my kitchen table and sometimes my sink would gurgle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, besides <laughs> the weirdness of being having a stranger in your house, there's yeah. just, it's, it's not a studio. It's not insulated, right? Yeah. And then she, I think, um, we had met previously through um, a mutual friend, but I hadn't seen her in about a year. So when she came over, she actually brought her partner who just like read a magazine and sat in my <laughs> living room. And it was like... I don't know. They were like a month into their relationship. Wow. (laughs) And they're engaged now. Oh, nice. (laughs) But um, that was an interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was was an intimate interview. I liked how it came out. But the sound quality, I think, was, was lacking. And so, yeah. It would be nice to find an affordable place to yeah. to get high quality because I think most people want high quality in their pod, like audio. Yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you you have used the makerspace at the library mm-hmm. a few times. So yeah, that's nice to They're have. They're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to EPL for being a great resource in our community. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, they used to have two studios at the Milner, and now that the Milner is a construction site, they've got one mm-hmm. at Enterprise Square, but a lot of people don't know that they have uh, one at Whitewood Crossing, too. Yeah, and I've used both. And how is that one? Because I haven't been there. I had an awkward experience. Oh, no. Whitewood Crossing, and it was my bad. Oh. So there was um, somebody who had, rec- I think they were recording a song, two fellas, and um, they had set, I think they were using Loop, Oh. And then I had shut everything down and then restarted it. But I think that I or GarageBand remembered the loop. Oh, no. And I didn't know. So I did a full hour of tape with a gentleman from New Zealand. And um, at the end, I said, oh, I'm just going to check this at the end. And we only had six seconds of the very last. And then I realized it was on loop. Oh. And I was totally mortified for one, wasting that guy's time to looking super unprofessional <laughs> and like lugging him out it was like spray march it was wet and cold and so i lost that tape and he's like yeah we can try again and i was actually so embarrassed that i didn't call him and oh, no. i just did, released the podcast with the four episodes and i said i thought okay i'll get back to him for the second season so we'll see if i can get a hold of it. but you know if he doesn't want me to interview him i get it because <laughs> That was a dramatic experience <laughs> for both of us. <laughs> These things happen though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one's kind of like the sky is falling. That was for podcast moments, you know, where yeah. you have to like fall on your face once. <laughs> that was that for me. Or fall on your face in different ways every time. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure something like that will happen. Well, I hope it something like that anyways you know what I mean yeah (laughs) so I did this interesting segue because I wanted to ask you what you learned in your first season that you're going to apply to your second season Mm, I'm really trying to find um, a space that's a professional space that I can do the interviews for the neutral thing that it's not at home Mm -hmm. and uh, the audio quality Mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah, and I'm looking to improve my editing skills. I think everything just needs to like go one step up. <laughs> really? Well, but it does, right? And there's yeah. no way to get them to the next level without starting at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'd like to tighten up my interviews too. I mean, you do feel that lull of when conversation is is going a little slower, and I'd like to be right now. Then I have that. Usually, it's around forty five minutes, and then I have fifteen minutes of tape that I know I have to probably cut out because yeah. it's just wind down. So I'd like to tighten that up, and then maybe the editing process will be a little shorter. God willing, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it's more about the personal connection. If that doesn't happen, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. For yeah. me, it's more about connecting with the person. Yeah. Okay, so I have a cockamamie theory to run past you. Okay. Because you work in uh, in a library, right? Yeah, For I do. a library. And that interests me because I read a lot about how there might be an opportunity for libraries and local media to work together more closely to mm-hmm. serve kind of a community's information needs, so to speak. And I, I just wonder what you think about that from a from a library perspective? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, There's a few different ways that I could see that happening, and it depends. Um, So right now I work in an academic setting, but I used to work sort of in a public setting. Um, With public setting, you have like maker spaces, um, like EPL is doing, and then they can do workshops and bring people in and teach people how to do these things. And I think that that's incredible. on an academic end, um, like at the university, and I was going to talk to you about this later. Um, oh, good. <laughs> that, um, there's an opportunity for digital preservation. Mm, that's important. Yeah, and I don't, well, a lot of people don't know what, how involved preservation is. So there's like four prongs to it, and it involves a lot of human labor behind it to make sure that those, those files um, go into longevity because you know the changes you had floppy disk cd-rom all these different file formats so to preserve something digitally is a lot of work yeah and with that i think that there's an opportunity to take podcasts and preserve them for like local historical posterity mm-hmm. um in those stories so yeah oh you just made me think of something really interesting because like we think of newsprint as a, as a kind of like a, a hard to preserve thing, but it isn't really. You take pictures of it and you put it on microfilm and microfiche and, and, and whatever has succeeded those, mm-hmm. right? What we're really at risk of losing is all of that writing that is uh, exists only on URLs on a server that's not in control of anybody who lives here. Yeah, and um, like another example of that, if you want to dig into that, is the Internet Archive Mm -hmm. and the Wayback Machine. Mm -hmm. So you could, say, sign up your website to get crawled by the Wayback Machine um, bots, and they'll take like photo, kind of like photos of your web page. So then you could look back to what it looked like in, I don't know, let's say 2005. Right, And then to what it looks like now. But they do that with major news um, outlets online. Yeah, not necessarily things. as little guys who might, you know, replace one, your WordPress site with a Squarespace site or mm-hmm. vice versa and, and forgot to port everything or didn't know how or and it's gone. Yeah, or yeah. super important for government websites. Mm, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, we won't geek out about library <laughs> anymore, but it's important. Yeah. Uh, we met when you started coming to the Edmonton Podcasting Meetup. So yeah. that was a happy um, result of that meeting. What is your observation of Edmonton's podcasting community? Oh, it's super welcoming and open. Yeah, that was... Um, I'm kind of wary of networking sometimes, and I shouldn't be. I'm in communications. <laughs> but um, uh, I find that this one is like a size that it's really um, productive. You have some really great conversations and connections are made, and people support each other. Like, um, that's, well, I think it was from your tweet that I met Herman. Yeah, Herman Vijegas from Modern Manhood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so now when I see him at the podcast meetups, I mean, we've ar- I've already interviewed him, and so we always have a nice jumping off point, and um, so yeah, that's. And then I've met other podcasters through that. It's just, it's been really helpful. And okay. the things that we talk about, like when I was trying to figure out how to like do audio, or mm-hmm. yeah, all of that was really helpful. I I love the diversity of the group that comes out. I didn't I don't know how you make that happen. Um I think you kind of send out vibes and maybe the fact that we have it at Variant Edition Comics and Culture which is like a, a very mm-hmm. um diversity positive place, but podcasting globally is very young white male dominated and and I like podcasts by people who fit that profile too, but I think we need all voices there. And somehow we've managed to attract a, like a diversity of voices. Yeah. Yeah. And that really touches on kind of also another reason of why I started this podcast. Mm. Um, yeah. When things kind of went crazy down south um, and I, I was reading a lot online about what different people can do and about um, getting diverse voices out there. And I thought, well, I've kind of started these projects. I already pay for my website and I have these things um, available to me. So like, what can I do to facilitate getting diverse voices out there? And this was the best option. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a fairly labor intensive option, but yeah. still the best option. It's been such a learning experience. Yeah, And I've met so many people like I think after season two, I'm going to like have a party. Yeah. And just like bring all my interviewers (laughs) or interviewees in like in my house and then be like, let's eat and mingle. Yeah. Because everyone is so interesting. And I just think that it would be a rocking party. I think that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So aside from the party, when does season two land? When are you, when are you aiming for that? I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I have some some new things in the mix um, for like recording and and learning to edit and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I've started looking for people to interview, and then I really wanted to start interviews in November, and then I'll start. I'm trying to change my process too, so it can be a little more regular. Yeah. So mm, don't hold me to it, but I'm. Like maybe sooner than January, latest January. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I hope. And and just tell people if they if they know somebody who would be a good candidate to be interviewed, or they themselves are, how would they get a hold of you? Oh, um, I'm on Twitter, mm-hmm. so you can find me there at Meredith Bratlan. They mm-hmm. cut off my D because my name <laughs> is too long. Um, and then my website is uh, curiousmeredith.com. 
And I have a form there, and then you can see migration patterns is in the top corner. And you can email me. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. that's meredith.bratland at gmail.com. Perfect. Okay. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we will hear about local blogs or podcasts that you recommend. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by ATB Financial, founding sponsor of the Alberta Podcast Network. ATB has been committed and connected to Alberta's communities for more than 70 years. And one of the many examples of that commitment is Four Directions Financial, an ATB agency that ensures that Edmontonians who are homeless or living in poverty can open a bank account, which can make a world of difference. Cashing a check is expensive if you don't have a bank account, and saving money is hard when you don't have a safe place to put it. Four Directions helps people overcome the obstacles that would otherwise leave them without such important services. Uh, find out more about that initiative and a whole bunch of other really cool things at atb.com community. All right, Meredith, so what local podcasts or blogs do you like? Um, for a podcast, I have listened to every single episode of Don't Call Me a Guru. Oh, good. This is uh, the one that Tyler Butler and Linda Wang do yeah. about social media strategy. They know their stuff. Yeah. And I do social media with my professional life. So, yeah, I love hearing what they have to say. And, and the guests that they bring on, they're like local and people that are doing really sophisticated things with social media. So yeah, that's a, that's an awesome podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also have That's So Maven mm-hmm. by um, Andrea Bessa. I really like that one. Yeah. The, she does a, an interview show uh, with female entrepreneurs and leaders mm-hmm. and they have a really deep conversation about what it's like to run your own business. Yeah. And um, I actually kind of mine it for when I'm looking for contractors. Oh, interesting. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Andrea, that is an unknown service you're providing. Yeah, really, right? Because <laughs> then you kind of get an insight into how people work. So Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that as a, as a sort of a very sneaky way of vetting somebody. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that on there. <laughs> no, more people should do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then um, Modern Manhood with mm-hmm. uh, Herman Vijegas. Um, which I think he has a very super important conversation going on about uh, toxic masculinity and something I'm very interested in as like uh, a feminist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every once in a while, send him messages now since we've met and be like, can you explain this to me? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know what's going on here. And um, I really appreciate the male perspective on that because historically I've been, you know, in the feminist circle. So to hear the man's perspective on gender is super valuable. Yeah, and he finds really interesting guests mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And then I have a few blogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I follow a fashion blog, <laughs> and I don't know if anyone has ever, um, yeah, suggested those on your, your podcast. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, a, a woman I went to university with like uh, a long time ago, she has a fashion blog called Boots and Bassets. Oh, neat. Yeah. And she has great style. And so in order to save time again, mm-hmm. um, I go through her stuff and I'm like, oh, what stores does she like? Where is this? <laughs> and then I just like put together my little shopping cart and she finds great deals too so yeah I kind of just fully exploit that when I need to (laughs) that's awesome well (laughs) because 
I I feel you for the need to um, outsource the thinking about that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If if I not that I'm super up on fashion, but um, you find somebody you trust and who has the same taste as you, and then just let them pick it, and then just oh, yeah. buy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like their expertise. And so the woman who writes that is Sarah Panku. Nice. Yeah. And then um, there's a blog, and I'm not sure if it's still going, but it's called The Edible Woman. Oh, yeah. Lindsay. Yes. Yeah. Amazing uh, recipes and beautiful pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I love the format. Her her blog and her website is designed really, really nicely. Mm -hmm. And and then with the recipes. I've made a couple, but really I just like like to check in to see what she's baking (laughs) and like look at her beautiful blog. Um, and then the last one, or I guess I have two, I have some book blogs. So, um, reading in bed by, uh, Laura Laura Fry. Fry. Yeah. Uh, she's so sassy and so well, well read, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We have very different reading styles. Um, I'm not into the classics at all, but, um, I love her sass. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With her use of gifts and stuff. I'm just like, I am digging this. And then, um, Rick, um, he does another book blog. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I can't remember his last name right now for the life of me. I can't remember either, but we'll, we'll link to it in the yeah. show. Yeah. He's also um, really witty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a really good one to check out, too. And The Man's Perspective. How yeah. How often do you find a man blogger? That's true. And in, in, in the book space, it's very, space. very much mm-hmm. tends to be very female. So, yeah. Very nice. So, those are great, uh, great recommendations. <laughs> My last question to you is, what advice would you offer to someone who is interested in starting an interview podcast? Go to the podcast meetups. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Edmonton Podcasting Meetup. We probably won't have another one until January, but it's a good place to yeah. find some good people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, take some time to do the planning of like, wh- who is your audience? Uh, what is your main goal and your f- your focus and um, do some reading. There's some really great literature out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's this one book. It's actually a graphic novel. All out about on the wire. Jessica Abel. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing. Everybody so, should read that. Whether you want to make a podcast or not, or do radio or not, you should mm-hmm. read it. But if you do, it will just lift your lift your spirit and and inspire you to be awesome yeah i read that and that's when i went out and got that microphone from best buy (laughs) she should get like an affiliate (laughs) cut (laughs) i know right it's such a it's such a great resource yeah yeah Yeah. we'll link to that too that's a good one yeah well thank you so much for talking to me today thanks for having me you can subscribe to migration patterns in apple Podcasts and google play and these are evergreen episodes so you should go back and and inhale like binge the first season in anticipation of the second one because they're all great and they all they all stand up and you can find it on meredith's uh, website as well at curiousmeredith.com she is on twitter at meredith bratlan oh, why didn't twitter increase the the character limit on your name i don't know yeah. or add the edit function yeah yeah, yeah. so that you yeah it, well twitter <laughs> <laughs> these links and meredith's recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com and you can find seen and heard in edmonton and the other members of the alberta podcast network at albertapodcastnetwork.com 
sometimes our shows are on G Radio, so you can listen live at 6 p.m. every night at gradio.ca. And lots of the Alberta Podcast Network shows are also available now on CKUA's app, which you can download for iOS or Android from those various places. And just check out the More tab to sample the network. Many thanks to Castria for helping me produce this podcast. You can find out how they can help you at wearecastria.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.